Welcome to the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm Jennifer Silliman, and this show is continuing the conversations started in the award-winning first-ever documentary film about maternal mental health. My journey as an advocate began through the power of storytelling. With this podcast, I hope to create a community of women and professionals sharing their own powerful narratives to let others know they're not alone and help is out there. Keep in mind that some of the stories you will hear may be triggering, but it's important they be told. This podcast is not a replacement for professional help from a licensed medical provider. If you or someone you know is suffering due to a maternal mental health condition, please contact your medical provider or call or text message the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773. Now let's continue the conversation. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm here today with Jessica Wendy Abel. She is um, living in Long Island, New York, and has her own personal story with postpartum depression, wrote a children's book called The Little Blue Rocket Ship, a story about postpartum depression. I am so excited to introduce her to all of you today. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Um, I am so, I'm so excited because you're my first children's book author to be on Dark Side of the Full Moon. (laughs) I've had authors, but not of children's books. So I actually have your book pulled up in front of me. I got the Kindle version of it. Um, But let's go ahead and have you start with your own personal story, the reasoning behind, you know, making this book a reality. Um, And you can start sharing your story wherever you feel comfortable, completely up to you. Sure. Um, Well, as you pointed out, um, you know, it's a children's book um, and it's unusual to find a children's book on this topic. Um, That was actually the entire reason that I, that I wrote it. I was looking for this book um, when I was heavily pregnant with my second child. Um, And I thought there would be tons of books out there, um, something I could sit and read to my older you know, to my five-year-old who could understand these things. Um, And there was just nothing out there. Um, So I decided to just throw myself in writing it um, for the better part of a year with with the editing and all that it it takes to to self-publish. But um, I'll back up. Um, After I had my first um, child, I got hit with postpartum depression and anxiety you know, it was a shock. It was very intense. Um, I don't think anybody can, you know, expects it or can really grasp what it is until you're living it. And, um, it was a very rough year. It was, it was the worst year of my life actually. Um, and for a long time, I felt very ashamed of that, but then I, realized that I wasn't alone. And um, many, many uh, people go through this. Um, I, you know, at the, at the height of it, when it was really bad, I felt very isolated, very um, lonely in it. Um, and it was only when I started going to postpartum support groups, um, reaching out for, for support, that I started to you know, see that the way forward really was to talk about these issues. So that's, 
Yeah. What year was that? Um, that was back in 2015 and 2016. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I struggled to, with the nursing, with breastfeeding, which there's this condition called DEMER, D-M-E-R. Um, and it's something back then, it was kind of a new thing. And I really didn't know anything about it until I had my second baby. Some women, when they nurse, they, um, something gets triggered within them where they have this like very negative response and thought cycle in, the, in their mind. Um, and I, I believe I had that with both my kids, but things like that just don't get spoken about. Um, so I'm very interested in talking about the things that don't get talked about and then, and the myth of motherhood, like you have to breastfeed at any cost and kill yourself and sacrifice your mental health for your baby or your family. Yeah. And what did, it's called Deemer. Yeah. Yeah. I ne- well, I've never heard of it. So it's D what D M E R. Yeah. It's called dysphoric milk ejection reflex. And it happens wow. when your milk lets down and uh, yeah, you can, you can read about it. It's a very, yeah, I'll, def- I'll, I'll put links uh, to some articles and whatnot. Cause I'd, I'd like to learn more about it too. The, that's the first I've ever heard the term. So interesting. So you had, so you had your first in 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was your, I know, so you had experienced all of these symptoms. What was your, what was your treatment like, or when, when you sought out treatment, what was your journey to healing? Sure. Um, you know, it was, it was, it took me a good six months before I really uh, tackled, you know, treating it. There was, I was going through a lot of transitions in my life. Um, uh, we moved, I started a new job. Um, so there were all these stressful life events that is just hard in general. And then you have, you know, the hormonal, um, you know, postpartum issues on top of that. So, um, at six months, my mom um, just you know sent me a link for a postpartum support group and was just like, just go, just check it out. Um, I had started doing um, therapy as well, um, but that was it. Really, was like six months of just not dealing with it, and I don't think I I couldn't I didn't have a label for it. I didn't know I was experiencing this. I just all I felt was like I wasn't cut out to be a mom. I, I regretted it. I didn't know why I made this decision. I thought there was something really wrong with me. And now I can look back and know that it was the illness. Yeah. What were some of your symptoms? Like, did you have, um, so you had anxiety. Um, did you have intrusive thoughts too, or you did? Yeah. 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 So basically right away within 48 hours of giving birth. And this was after, you know, not sleeping for four days. So I'm sure all that plays into it. Um, I just felt a lot of um, panic and um, like when the baby would cry, I would feel intense anxiety. Um, I felt very disconnected. Like I knew I, there was this human I birthed and I had to take care of him and I did, felt like I didn't know how to take care of him. Um, and that lack of connection was just very um, disturbing to me. Yeah. And um, I just felt very trapped. Um, and it was, 
like I felt like my identity was totally lost. Um, you know, cause I thought I, I would have a baby. My husband and I would keep living our lives and the baby would just like fit into our lives. You know, we wouldn't have to rearrange too much. It's like, you know, the, just the total taking over of, of your life in the, in the newborn phase with how much they need. Like I remember just looking, thinking of him as just a ball of need just all the time. I remember trying to go on walks by myself. My husband would call me and say, you know, I'd be five minutes into the walk and he'd say, the baby's hungry, you know? And I just, I just felt totally just, you know, just trapped and just depressed. Yeah. Newborns don't give you a lot back. If any, they don't give you anything back. They're, they're takers. They're not givers (laughs) as much as that sounds so horrible. It's so true. I mean, as humans, when we, when we give ourselves to somebody and you truly are doing that, right. You're not sleeping, you're feeding them, you're changing. I mean, you're, you're keeping them alive and they can't say thank you and they can't like those things just don't happen so there's not that two-way relationship which i don't think any of us really can prepare for because those one-way relationships we don't keep as adults you know we (laughs) if we're the one giving 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 and and we're not getting anything back then we say bye like you're not my friend anymore um and you can't do that with the baby so it can be yeah it can be really difficult so um, so then let's fast forward. So you, ha- when did you have your second? So then I had my second and, um, five years later in 2020, there's basic, there's exactly five years between them. Um, it took a long time for me to accept even trying to have another I, for four years. I did not want another one. And only because of that, like the postpartum was so intense. I did not want to experience it again. Um, I'm really glad in hindsight that I didn't allow that to make the decision for me um, because it was very different the second time around and it was um, a lot better the second time around. How was it better? Like share that experience with us. What were some of the biggest differences? Sure. I think just um, having lived through something the first time takes away the shock and the surprise of it if you go through it, because I did have it again, but I understood my triggers a lot better because I spent five years like perseverating over it (laughs) and just doing a lot of like analyzing it. So what I did that was definitely different and and better was I got myself into therapy when I was pregnant. Um, And then I signed myself up for postpartum support groups you know, in advance of having the baby, just so it was already done and I wouldn't have to think about it when the baby was here. And um, I took a much longer maternity leave. Um, for I took a nine month maternity leave, whereas the first one, I only took three months and I, you know, I went back to work with the first one. I was not ready <laughs> at all. Um, and then eventually once the nursing became a problem, um, the way it did with the first one, I was able to just give up the nursing um, quicker. Um, you know, there's so many myths of motherhood that you kill yourself to nurse. It's the best thing for them. And especially having a pandemic baby and you just want to, you know, give them, you know, your vaccine antibodies and all that. But it was, you know, my husband um, pointed, you know, he said to me, he's like, Jess, you're not doing well. I think it's time to, to wean. And he was right. 
And for, for me, I think it, that the hormonal fluctuations of your milk supply going up and down and the roller coaster ride, I think for some women, it's very um, just tumultuous. For me, it is anyway. So once I stopped nursing um, a few months later, I just stabled out. Um, so it was better. Yeah. So then you went searching for a book to um, be able to read uh, to um, to the big boy in your family and there you found nothing. So you threw yourself into becoming a children's book author um, to make that happen so that other families have this resource. So so tell us about the story. Tell us about how you came up with the concept of the story, the little blue rocket ship which I love. I kind of think I know, but I would love for you to, to share with the listeners um, how you came up with the story. Sure. Yeah. So um, I did base a lot of the story on, you know, my family and my, my son, his name is Max. Max's interests at the time, which was building rocket ships um, and drawing rocket ships. And I thought visually that would be beautiful and engaging for, for kids. Um, and I was looking for something to represent a journey, which I feel a rocket ship does. Um, so not, so it's the child's journey and, and watching the changes in his mother, but also the journey of the mom, um, and kind of coming out the other side. Um, it was important that I wrote a hopeful story because there's definitely hope at, you know, at the end of the tunnel, like when you're in it, it's horrible and it feels hopeless and I really just wanted to kind of show what those you know the, the the hard days would look like but then how the journey of getting to to the other end of it yeah and so I'm curious to know when you read it to your son the first time what was that experience like yeah well I my my son actually was a part of every uh process with the, with the book. So because I self-published it, I had a hand in doing everything from, you know, the, the, the story development to uh, coming up, helping the illustrator, um, pick out. So my son like picked out the hairstyles. He picked out oh, fun. the clothing of the, <laughs> of the narrator. Um, and you know, they weren't things I would have picked, but I let him pick because I wanted a, it to be for a five-year-old. Yeah. Um, and so he, he read it a, a lot, actually. It was, it was very touching. He would sit on the couch and he would read the story. Um, and he would, you know, speak his mind and tell me what he didn't like and what he liked. Um, but I also had earlier versions read by moms who were going through or had gone through postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, they were my beta readers. I wanted it to be just an authentic, um, you know, read. And so I did change a lot and revise a lot based on their feedback. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I love that he was able to pick out all those cute little details of like the hairstyle and the clothes. Oh, that's so cute. It's, it's an amazing book and it, it is available. Um, I know through your, through your website and it's also on Amazon. I have the Kindle version of it. So, um, if you don't want the paperback and you're, you know, using an iPad a lot, um, it's a great way to share it, um, with your family. Um, this, I think, too, would be a great 
baby shower gift. Uh-huh. I yeah. mean, I, I am all about, you know, obviously all of our, all of us in this realm that are advocates um, really want to break down that stigma, you know, and I, I don't think this is a book that you have to wait to buy a mom until, you know, she's experiencing postpartum depression. you know, this is a book that you can get like for a baby shower, you know, um, even though women do experience it when they're pregnant, um, just so that they have it and can, you know, it's just so good to have. And I, I I'm all about preemptive mm. things, you know, not to react, um, when it happens, but just so that they have it. I mean, what a great little gift, um, to give a family so that they, you know, it opens up the conversation too. It could open up the conversation right there at the baby shower. Cause I guarantee you, no one has probably, you know, it's just, it's probably never even heard of it. I mean, so what a great way to kind of get the word out there to all these other moms that are celebrating this mom, you know, and, and I bet you they would start saying, oh yeah, I, you know, I was depressed and oh, this would have been great to have, you know, it, it's interesting. And I appreciate you saying that because some people have said they think it's a very good idea, but they never thought to have these conversations with their own children. And I get it, you know, when a child's one and two years old, that's too young. But when they're four, five, six, seven, they can have these conversations because they see it. They see the changes. They want to know. And I try to pick um, very relatable situations within the book of jealousy you know the older child feeling the jealousy where the parents are paying attention um but you know sometimes parents are just not in the mood to interact play the way that they used to so it's you know i think we need more representation and picture books of families going through this specific type of struggle because you know we have so many books out there on barns and zoos and like rhyming books you know but I feel like we need you know concept books like this mm -hmm. concept and and learning feelings I mean every kid by the time I mean they know what sad is right they've experienced sadness they know what that is and so learning the emotions and how to appropriately deal with them um, as a child and then also as an adult you know going to your doctor seeing a therapist um, I personally love that the doctor in your book is black I think I I so much appreciate um just the representation from start to finish in this book is fantastic. Um, I think it's all around just great. I'm like so excited to like tell everybody about this book. Um, I just, I think it's great. I, I really do. And I appreciate you so much, you know, having the forethought to make it happen because you couldn't find it at the bookstore. I mean, it's fantastic. Any other, like, so did you enjoy the experience of, of coming up with it? Um, it was definitely a mixed bag. There were days where it was cathartic and it was healing. And then there were days where, you know, my perfectionism <laughs> came in full swing, or I definitely had a lot of intrusive thoughts about the book to get to finish it, to get it. But also if I was going to do it, I had to do it right. So, um, but you know, the feedback has been good about that where they think like, oh, just cause it's self-published, it looks professional. Um, oh. that was very, very important to me. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that I did it. Um, it was very hard, <laughs> but 
but now it's something I can just, you know, it's part of my legacy now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Any, do you have any interest in doing another book on another topic or is this like a one and done? Like I'm good. I did it. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) No, I, I definitely am interested in writing more books, um, books for children. Like I said, I'm very interested in writing about topics that are not traditionally explored. Um, I'm interested in, um, any like gender things, just people who don't fit neatly into boxes. I'm very interested in that. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned. (laughs) They need that. They definitely need that representation and being able to see themselves in these books that have such a powerful message because they're things that aren't talked about. I think it's beautiful. I'm so excited. Um, I'm trying, actually, I'm thinking right now, if I know anyone who's pregnant so that I, if I need a gift, like I'm just going to order a bunch of these books. So I have them. And then I'm just going to start like throughout handing them out to like everybody, like you have to take this, you have to read it um, and share it with your family. People, sometimes when we talk about postpartum depression and all that, we're very mom focused, um, and really to broaden that and know that it does ultimately affect the entire family unit, whatever that family unit looks like. Um, and so it's important that everybody's kind of involved in that healing process because it really can be traumatic for everyone, including the other siblings that are in the house, um, and being able to explain what's going on, um, with mom, super important. Wow. And, and it's definitely intended if the mom is not in the right um, state of mind to go. I mean, there were days where if I read the book, I would be sobbing like it was triggering. But so it, when I wrote the book, um, it was intended to be read not only by the mother, but um, by a partner or a grandparent um, or a close or family member um, is there were days that I wasn't able to read the book to, to my own child because it was triggering. It was, it was sad, but um, it's, it's really for any kind of, you know, a, a therapist, it could be anybody. Um, and I, I'm a speech therapist um, by trade. Um, and I um, believe in the importance of social stories um, to teach concepts so I drew upon that, um, my, my knowledge in that area to, to help me with this book. Um, so there's some strategies on how students, not students, see, I'm thinking about my students. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, on how children can, um, you know, express themselves. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just so important to teach kids how to, um, you know, express themselves and, and communicate and, and, you know, be a role model and showing them how to do so, you know, in healthy ways. So it's just, uh, it's, it's important. It's super important. My daughter's on the spectrum, so I know all about social stories and how important they are. And that's the other thing too, looking at it through the lens of a, of a parent who knows how important social stories are. The book is beautifully illustrated because that's, and they're very simple images, very relatable images. The colors are great. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So congratulations to you for, for self-publishing a beautiful children's book. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Thank you so much. And the illustrator is a very talented woman named Natalie Kranich. And she 
is at the beginning of her career. She's very young and very talented. So I have oh. to give her some credit. Yes, yes. Kudos to her. Oh, that's wonderful. So I'll try and find her too on like the web and social media and stuff and make sure that she gets um, put in all of these notes as well. So people can check her out as well. So this was a pleasure. Yeah, it was so nice meeting you. Have a great weekend. You too. You all too. right, sweetie. Bye.